Welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand and I'm the clinical editor. I spoke to Regan McCahill, a pre registration student and the president of the British Pharmaceutical Students Association. Hi, Regan, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I wanted to chat to you about how students and pre regs are feeling at the minute um, and to kind of just get, get an idea of how things have been uh, for you guys uh, during this pandemic. Hello, thank you for having me. It's really great to be and to be speaking with you about the things that are important to our members. Yeah, I think the, the pre-reg situation is a really difficult one. And I think the kind of solutions that were on the table, none of them were an ideal um, answer. But I think the postponement of the exam was was the best option given the circumstances. And, and it is what the majority of our members wanted. Since recording this podcast with Regan, The GPHC have since released a statement on the 21st of May, agreeing to a policy for registering pharmacists on a provisional basis. The GPHC will contact trainees and tutors to let them know about the criteria and advise them that the assessment is now expected to be held online to reflect the government's social distancing guidelines. Pre-regs can provisionally register from the 1st of July to join the temporary register from the 1st of August. The criteria for joining the temporary register includes successfully completing 52 weeks of training, not having previously failed the pre-registration exam and having received a declaration from their tutor confirming they have met all the performance standards and are safe to be registered. All provisionally registered pharmacists must be employed and must not work as a locum. They must practice under the direction of a senior pharmacist and they may also operate as a responsible pharmacist. The GPHC will release standards under which provisionally registered pharmacists can operate and this will include details about responsibilities and location in which they can practice. The policy confirms that those provisionally registered must sit the exam at the first opportunity and pass to remain on the register, and individuals will be given a minimum of two months' notice of the date of assessment. Now back to our interview. And for um, pre-regis, so are, are pre-regis just kind of continuing on as normal at the minute in pharmacies? You know, how, how is it working and, and are there tutors still kind of helping them or, you know, what, what, have, what have you found? Yeah, so I think for the most part, the, the plan is to continue on as normal in terms of getting your standards signed off, making sure that you are at a level where you feel competent to practice as a pharmacist. But obviously there's been a lot of changes. So some people are not with their tutors anymore because pharmacists have been redeployed all over the place that's across the board within hospital and community so it's been um a little bit different i think tutors still need to be doing their reviews and things with their um pre-reg the way that they would have been it's just everybody's just had to adapt and for me personally and i know for a lot of hospital pre-regs the training plan is kind of gone out the window as such in that you're not having the rotations that you were going to have before so I'm meant to be on critical care at the moment obviously that's not going to happen in the situation that we're in um so things like that are, are different but we're still expected to be training to be pharmacists in two months and um doing whatever we can to get there so if if the um, exam's been postponed does that mean that you'll just continue to do your pre-reg until just because I, I don't understand actually how they're how that's um going to work is is that, is that what they're doing no so so we've um just produced a statement on this that kind of lays out everything clearly so if anybody is a little bit confused just go to our website you can see it there it's also on our social media so essentially there's going to be it's the same register book so on the 1st of august pre-regers that have been signed off as competent by their tutor and a second signatory, so that might be a pharmacist that you work with a lot or, or something. We're still waiting on the details on that specific 
is going to be the second signatory. But essentially, as long as you get signed off as competent, you've hit all of your standards, um, you've proven that you're ready to practice, then you'll be provisionally registered on the 1st of August, so when you would have been registered anyway. And then at a point when you can sit the exam, you'll sit the exam and the register, which it would have been traditionally. Um, now, the things that you will be allowed to do or not allowed to do in practice, those kind of nitty-gritty details of, of we're waiting um, to find out. And we're getting a lot of emails at the minute asking us for those details and we just don't have them. We're waiting. So we've put our points across of what we think should happen. Um, but ultimately, it's the GPHC's decision. Okay, that, that's great. Thank you for explaining that. that was very clear. So I guess then pre-regs can just keep an eye on your website for kind of any developments and I guess you'll be, you know, updating them through there as well. Yeah, and we're sending out a regular newsletter that's kind of really succinct summary of what it is you need to know right now and what's going to come next. And our membership's free, so you just sign up to be a graduate member on our website and then you'll get that that newsletter because there's a lot of information going around right now from all different sources and it can be a bit overwhelming and confusing but we kind of break it down really simply in a way that we know that pre-regers will understand because it's, it's written by pre-reg so um and she's really good so i would recommend signing up so you can have a look at that if you want to get the really key information yeah that's that's really good and really really helpful um i just wanted to ask you as well so we know that medical students were brought on to a temporary register early so they could um help out with the pandemic like why do you think pharmacy um pre-reg students weren't brought on to the the temporary register do you think that's maybe because pharmacy courses maybe aren't as hands-on as medicine or you know maybe they're considered not as competent as doctor you know you know what's your thoughts around that yeah so this was at the initial so the GPHE held an initial stakeholder meeting and um, that we went to and then there was like employee groups and, and people there and this was kind of the initial thing that we brought up and we wanted more information on now of course you'd have to ask them for the actual details but pharmacies regulated very differently to medicine and nursing and I think part of it is that yes they have a more hands-on experience if you think they have kind of years worth of placements where the pre-regers at the time that this happened were only eight months in to practical experience and it's not that we think that pre-regers are any less competent than med students or nursing students it's just that it's regulated differently and the way that we get our pre-regers ready for practice is different than what we do in medicine and nursing and so yeah the actual details of it you would have to ask them but essentially it wasn't it wasn't a comparable situation what I will say is what's come out of this really rubbish situation is that we started to have discussions around how can we make the pre-reg year better um obviously there's a lot of work being done around the five-year standards and how to integrate the pre-reg year as a whole experience rather than an m-farm and a pre-reg and how that can be done to make the the pre-reg part of it more fit for purpose not that it's not fit for purpose now you know it turns out some really good pharmacists it's just how can we make that experience maybe a little bit more like medicine and nursing so that we are kind of more ready for that hands-on thing obviously what I would say is the pharmacy degree is very different from medicine and nursing in that it's preparing you for a wide range of careers so we do a lot of science and industry kind of stuff there as well as the clinical side of things and not that medicine and nursing don't do science but medicine and nursing is training you to be a medic and a nurse and that's why you do all of the vocational stuff as well whereas pharmacy the benefit of it is that you can go into so many different streams of career but yeah you're not you're not trained in 
quite the same way and so it just wasn't transferable at the time yeah I think and you made a really good point there it will be really interesting to see how you know post-pandemic how the course will maybe change and maybe yeah integrate more of those kind of hands-on aspects throughout the course so hopefully nothing like this will ever happen again but if something (laughs) like this happened then you know pharmacists would be better equipped to try and you know help with the situation I just wanted to ask you as well about you know um, pharmacy students so those that are still in university um Mm -hmm. you know have you spoken to a lot of them how are they finding you know studying at home like is is everything being done virtually things like that you know what's the kind of what have you what have you heard so it's definitely different for each university um they're they're all handling it differently i think we're, we're lucky in that it happened this came in march when most of the academic year was done so most of the teaching side of it was done and then there was just a few kind of virtual lectures and stuff to put up online which most unis do anyway so I think the actual teaching side of it, it wasn't disrupted as much as it would have been if this had came in, you know, October or November. So in terms of that, there was not a lot left for more students to kind of actually learn. So it's just the revision and the exam period. The students that uh, find it difficult to study at home are the ones that are sympathise with the more so think about students that have got caring responsibilities I know students that share a bedroom with brothers and sisters and they, they find it really difficult to get any time that's even quiet obviously you can't access libraries and things like that so it's those students that I think probably struggle in the most there'll be students that you've got to think of are in come from disadvantaged backgrounds and, and so it's those that I sympathise with and it's those that we try to kind of do some work to make sure that they're supported so we wrote a no detriment policy and that was aimed so that students could use it to lobby their schools to ensure that a safety net was in place and I think most if not all schools have adopted that now so it works differently across all the different schools but some so some schools have said that um you can't drop a degree class so if you were you know, passing with a first last year, you can't drop down to a second this year. Some are getting rid of the bottom 20% of math, things like that. In terms of the exams, they've kind of got extended time. So for a two-hour exam, it's now six, things like that. They are accounting for technical difficulties. So for the most part, I think that it's been handled quite well, given the the short turnaround time that they had and the kind of unexpectedness of it all. Um, And the majority of the feedback has been positive, but I know that there are still going to be some students out there that are struggling um, to study at home just because of the circumstance they're in. And it's, it's really unfortunate that there's, there's not a lot that we can do about that other than try and support them in other ways. Yeah, it's really, it's really good to see that the BPS are doing so much to help students because, you know, I can't imagine actually being, being stuck at home trying to study as well. It's, um, it'd be quite difficult. I always looked forward to like getting out to the library and, um, you know, having that kind of social aspect as well of it. Um, even so, I've, I've seen as well that you know, at Cambridge University have announced they won't have anything kind of face to face until summer next mm-hmm. year. So, you know, I'm sure that probably causes a lot of stress and anxiety for a lot of pharmacy students. You know, they're probably wondering is that going to happen with us? You know, are all our assessments kind of going to be um virtually now? So yeah, I think there's probably a lot of unanswered questions, and they probably have a lot to to plan out for the next year. Yeah, and I think it's impossible to tell what's going to happen. And obviously, it'll be a university decision rather than a pharmacy schools one. So we have a really good relationship with the pharmacy schools council, which is basically all the heads of school. And we have a good relationship with them. We can go to them with any kind of concerns or um, suggestions or anything. So that's really good. But I think this one will be out of their control. It will be a university decision. What I would say is a common theme that we found across the pre-reg situation and, and everything else that we've come across is that members deal better when there's 
communication so it's a lack of communication that causes the anxiety and the stress even if it's just communication to say we don't have any answers right now but as soon as we do we'll let you know just so that people know that they're thinking about it so I think if if I could say one thing to pharmacy schools and we probably will have a conversation with them as well is to just keep in touch with your students regularly I'm sure that they are anyway but even if you don't have any information just to say we don't have any information but we recognize that you will be stressed but we don't know whether the school's going to open or not or we do know or we know that it won't people just like to know what's going to going to happen and the lack of communication is, is the thing that's causing the most anxiety across the board with all the issues that we've had yeah I can imagine um and just kind of to finish off then do you have any other advice for students at this time or, or for pre-regs you know just yeah your I own think experience? we're in a situation that we can't control and I've said this before as pharmacy students and pre-regs we we like to be in control that is part of our profession we like to know all the little details and so we struggle in situations when we don't know what's going to happen but I think the top three things that I would say that have kind of kept me going that I say to myself is that the first one is allow yourself to be sad so I'm very lucky in that it hasn't really affected me hasn't affected any of my family and there's there's that kind of imposter syndrome where you feel like you're not allowed to then be sad because there's people in the world that this has really affected but you're allowed to grieve for the plans and the things that you were supposed to do and supposed to have that you're not going to be able to do now so allow yourself that that space to be sad to sit in the bath and cry or not get out of bed all day or whatever it is that you need but then concentrate on how you get out of that place it's okay to be there but it's not okay to stay there so think about the things that you can control for the most part you can control whether you're going to pass these exams this year for the most part you can control how much you're going to get out of your pre-reg training think about the things that make you happy so not just you know seeing your friends and stuff that you can't do that makes you happy of course it does but say for me for example I like to be busy that keeps me motivated and keeps me happy so I'm always looking for things to to do we wrote quite a good um, volunteer guidance with HEA and some of the stakeholders that's on our website you can have a look at you've got this whole stretch of summer in front of you go and look for things to be involved with that make you feel satisfied and make you feel like you've accomplished things and then the third thing I would say is reach out for help. So if you're in that place that you can't get out of, reach out for help. There's absolutely no shame in that. It's a really rubbish situation. Pharmacist support are really good. I always rave about them. Get in touch with your friends. Get in touch with us if you need to. We're working on a survey. It's out at the minute um, with pharmacist support to find out what members actually need. And the data we use is going to be used the data we get is going to be used to guide our work so I would encourage you to go and fill that in it's only not very long and it'll help us to help you and then the last thing that I would say is that no matter what happens whether it's in two months or four years you're going to be a pharmacist corona doesn't change that it is going to happen so no matter how rubbish things are right now you are going to get there so just focus on that when things seem really bad that was Regan McCahill from the BPSA discussing the postponement of the GPHD pre-registration exam and what this has meant for pre-registration pharmacists and how following the pandemic we may see changes to the pharmacy course to ensure students are well equipped should anything like this occur again. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CNT Podcasts on iTunes or your preferred Android app. Thank you for listening.